Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I was kind of a minority within a minority back then. I'm Dr. Shanice O'Mara, an engineer turned broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting edge technology and innovation. And through my TV work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered, hopeful, and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week, a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation. Because I've come to realize that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of STEM education. Hello. Hello. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being in STEM education. I feel like it's such an important segue for women to go into STEM because it begins really early, their interest in STEM, doesn't it? Yes, it does. How young would you say it starts? Well, I'm actually at a university and my role is to develop programming uh, for outreach for K-12, as well as for undergraduate students who are STEM majors. And so it's a wide range of um, students that we have uh, interaction with. Right. So it's kind of using people that are in STEM already to inspire younger generations. Yes, that's correct. We either work with um, STEM professionals in the community or we work with our STEM faculty here on campus. Right. Okay. I must say, having looked at the statistics over the years, particularly in the UK, um, the numbers of women in STEM hasn't really changed that much. Has that been your experience? Yes, I I would agree. Um, When you look at some of the numbers, sometimes from the perhaps the middle school to high school uh, level, you may see interest in STEM and even at the undergraduate level. But something happens in a lot of instances where young women decide that they are not um, going to pursue STEM education. And my theory is that either they're uh, discouraged in some way at a younger age or as they begin to pursue their uh, undergraduate education, they are discouraged at that level. Right. Something does happen either to women who are in STEM already or to young girls who are very curious about STEM. Something happens that makes them feel that they are not welcome in these subjects. What do you reckon it is? I think often, I mean, it actually has been historical. Um, If you look at uh, some of the um, quantitative and qualitative data um, in terms of measuring the interests of young women in STEM, they often say they've been told that if they're not good in math, if they're not good in science, they should not pursue uh, STEM areas. Also, um, 
I think we still have too few female role models for those young women. And so and often in many cases, they are not encouraged to go into it by some of the male faculty or um, administrators. I know as a young woman in high school, I love science. I was very interested in science. However, I was never encouraged to go into a STEM field, either by my uh, teachers or by our guidance counselor at our institution. That's such a shame. Yeah. Because I really feel like to be interested in STEM is already so valuable. And to think that women are not being encouraged um, is just such a terrible waste of talent. I would agree because I think the more uh, diversity of opinions that you have in STEM fields, uh, the greater results. I think women can bring a, a different perspective um, to the field, and I think it is much needed in the in the field of uh, you know in the STEM fields. Yeah. So what can we do? What can we do to change things? Because I know that many different organizations and institutions have been trying to change these statistics for decades, but yet the needle isn't moving. Like, do you, in your experience of having worked in this industry for how long? Uh, over 20 years. Wow. So in your experience, what do you think can be changed to make a difference? I, think, I still think the narrative needs to be changed. I think the narrative that's first, that STEM is a hard field, uh, science, math, uh, engineering, they are hard sciences in the terms of the um, difficulty for young women. Yes, they're often told that engineering in particular and some of the other sciences are hard subjects. And so I think the narrative on the challenge of STEM courses should not should change. I think they should be um, encouraged to pursue challenging courses, to pursue um, challenging uh, careers in the STEM, rather than being um, discouraged or given the impression that it's something that they cannot achieve. But let's be honest, like, why would anyone want to pursue subjects that they find difficult? I think one of the best ways to encourage uh, women in particular uh, to pursue STEM is to show how STEM is an everyday occurrence in life, number one. Mm. Um, if you're, any field you're pursuing includes STEM, whether it's adding, subtracting, measuring, all types of um, activities already include STEM. So I think the closer that you can show that it relates to your everyday lifestyle uh, helps. Secondly, I think if you can show uh, students in general and women how STEM relates to issues that they are uh, concerned about, for instance, healthcare, um, and those types of uh, areas where they can pursue degrees in uh, biomedical engineering, bioengineering, and other STEM fields that are related to their personal interests. Yeah. I mean, having done STEM myself, and it sounds like uh, you had a real curiosity for it too, um, 
I know that STEM really changes the way you see the world and how will you sort of fit in the world and things like that. It can really influence your perspectives on life. Um, and I don't know why anyone wouldn't want that. I agree. And also, um, I work with a program that focuses on the engineering grand challenges. And the focus of that program is to show young engineers that they should view their career as a citizen who is solving global issues. So it's yeah. not just to focus on where you will work in terms of a company, but really how you will work. So how will my role as an engineer um, help to solve global issues for the 21st century? So it's a somewhat of a paradigm shift, if you will, for students who are young enough to think about their role in, in the future, because we will need engineers and other scientists and technologists and mathematicians to solve problems that we are not even aware of at this time. And so to help them right. to think forward about how can I, as a citizen, contribute to solving these global issues, such as global warming and all of the other issues that we are facing in the, in the world, actually. Yeah, you've really got me thinking, actually, because rather than sort of keeping STEM microscopic and thinking, oh gosh, maths is so hard, physics is so hard, it's all just so hard, it's about widening our view of what STEM is all about. And STEM is about improving the quality of our daily lives. I agree, exactly. That is exactly my thoughts. Right. Better, better life. Um, how do you help your fellow man? Um, how do you contribute to the greater good? Yeah. So why do women think, or girls think, that they can't contribute to solving global challenges? What's stopping them? I still go back to the narrative, and I think it's somewhat global, to be honest, that mm. women have certain roles and um, it takes quite a bit of effort to show women that they are not limited in terms of their academic ability, their ability to lead, um, their ability to solve problems. Um, we are inherently, in my opinion, problem solvers. And so I think if you can help them to see that you already have the skill set, you already have the ability to solve problems and simply STEM is just solving problems, whether it's a math problem, whether it's a physics problem, whether there's uh, a, an algorithm or something that you have to solve, it is just about solving problems. And I think if we could shift the narrative to help women, especially young women, begin to see that that's really what it's about, it may be more helpful. Right. I mean, so much of what is required from people um, in STEM subjects is about self-confidence and self-belief and the, and the 
the strength of character to stand up for what you understand and yeah it's a confidence issue um is that why girls tend to shy away from it compared to boys what i have found um here is that we have a large number of women in engineering um, who are quite competent. Um, I think the numbers are still small. And I think if you can continue to uh, cultivate that confidence, um, they would do well and bring other women into um, the engineering field. I think it's going to take other women sharing with women that they know um, their experiences, their positive experiences, their challenges and how they have overcome those challenges to encourage other women. I find that if your peers share their experience, if peers share their experiences, it seems to um, catch on a little more so than um, some of the traditional ways of uh, trying to recruit women in particular into mm. the field. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I I completely agree that there needs to be more role models. But I think as a female myself in engineering, what I was always up against was just how pop, unpopular it was to be a strong, confident woman amongst people. Well, I think that challenge is still there. Um, and I do think um, that it's difficult for women to try to change the paradigm or shift the paradigm and change the narrative alone. We must have allies, uh, male allies, who understand um, the need for the diversity, the need for the input of women in these fields to stand along beside us and advocate for uh, more diversity in those fields. I think mm -hmm. we have to shift the traditional thinking in the academy and in the industry itself. Um, and that's gonna take a lot of work, but we women, I don't believe can just do it alone because there are too few of us in leadership positions to be able to make a drastic change. I believe right. we can make a, an incremental change but we need men who are supportive of the change to stand alongside us. It sounds like we need to change male attitudes. I, I would agree. Yes. I think How? it has been. <laughs> I think the more, um, the more we can have conversations with men in the field and the more often they see the achievements and the accomplishments of women um i think that would be a catalyst for change yeah. i don't think it's a short-term um initiative i think it's long-term as we can see it's, there have been generations of women having challenges in those fields there's still so few of us uh, with doctorate degrees in the stem fields in particular, um, women of color. 
you know, I just, it's such a chicken and egg situation because it's like, yes, great. The more we see more diversity and the more we see women accomplishing things and the more we see women making, taking leadership roles, but how do women get there if it's the men that are actually the, the, the key holders to that? That's a good question. Um, I, I think I go back to um, having those men who may be fewer in number who advocate for the change amongst themselves. Um, I think that's one strategy um, that may work. I also think the more we can um, have broader conversations about the importance of the role of women uh, in STEM, that may also help. For generations, women have actually been engaged in a lot of the STEM-related work. Mm. However, the information um, on what their accomplishments have been has not always been uh, broadcast or published yeah. or, or known. Mm. So, so I do think there probably is more effort than we would imagine, except that um, a lot of the information is, in my opinion, um, sometimes suppressed. Yes. And so I think also we as women have to advocate for each other we have to sponsor each other in terms of when there is one of us in the room and someone else knows the accomplishments of their colleague, you speak up for your colleague as well. And to be bold enough and brave enough to challenge that narrative when it comes up. And that does take courage because um, sometimes if you're the only one in the room, um, it takes courage to say, I think we could look at this a little differently. And I think we need to know that we have each other's back. I think it's really tricky to find those female allies because positions for women in STEM are so limited that it's actually quite competitive. And I think what's happened in the past is that in order for women to succeed, they have felt like they've got to be like men in skirts, essentially. <laughs> and, I so agree. I so agree with you. And, but I think times are changing. I think women are becoming more bold in just being themselves. I mean, you must have seen a real change over the 20 years. I have. I have seen the change and I still see the challenge, however. Um, but there are organizations, um, led by uh, women on institutional change, um, especially on our campus, institutional transformation. And a part of that institutional transformation is giving voice to uh, faculty and staff who are female generally um, so that they can speak up about the different issues that they have not been able to speak about in other uh, forums and, and other opportunities. Mm. Also, um, so you're saying that women are 
being given the opportunity to get honest yes. about what it's been like for them. Yes. Um, and also uh, what I have found, and particularly in, at our institution, is that we do have more women in uh, critical leadership roles, deans uh, mm -hmm. and upper level management. So I think this institution is headed in the right direction. However, if you dig deep in any organization, you'll still see some of the same trends and some of the same behavior. I think we're gonna always have resistance. So I think it would be, I don't think it would be wise to think that women will never have a challenge. You won't tap up against that ceiling or that wall. But I think if we become more strategic in how we can work together to first of all, bring um, awareness to the wall or the, the ceiling and then um, mm. challenge practices and uh, processes that um, promote it or perpetuate certain behaviors. Um, I think we just have to continue the conversation. We have to work together, continue the conversation. And I still go back to while we are having the conversation, finding those partners, those allies who can join the conversation with us because it is a male dominated area. And it, it, there's tradition that there are traditions that um, a lot of males don't want to see changed. Um, and I, don't, don't, I think it's more implicit in terms of a bias rather than just um, what kind of intentional behavior. I think it's just the way things always have been. And so it just takes, uh, you know, these are these are fields that men are smarter in. These are fields that men uh, should take lead in. Research, this type of research should be held by or, or conducted by a male. So um, the more we are engaged in those type of activities, we are leading these initiatives. We are conducting the research. We are proving that we are equal in terms of our ability and capability to do the same work. Um, I think that's the only way we can help change the narrative. But I do, if I can add this point, is I think we also have to move towards educating younger women, even in kindergarten, about STEM and sparking the interest because I think if we can spark the interest and it continues through um, their secondary education and then as they become the students and then they'll graduate and they go into graduate school and becoming the faculty, we'll see some change. But you know that's a long-term plan. But I think it has begun and I just think we have to continue to reinforce those efforts. Yeah, I feel like everything you've said about what needs to change could actually be speeded up if women put effort into developing their self-belief 
because so much of what's been recommended in terms of standing up for yourself, believing that you can do these difficult subjects, wanting to make a change, um, forcing yourself to be heard. It's all about Mm -hmm. self-belief at the end of the day. Yes. And I think the earlier, uh, the sooner, the better. And um, it has been my goal to continue to encourage young women um, to pursue STEM careers. And um, I think mentoring uh, young women helps. I think other women have to mentor other women and to build that uh, self-efficacy and to build science identity amongst each other because the overall system may not do that. So it's not really a case of trying to change other people, but it's actually a case of trying to change ourselves. I think that's that's true. Um, We can only do what we can do in terms of uh, shifting the system. Um, It's been in place for a long time and there are mindsets that are ingrained. But what we can do is use our voices to speak about what's going on, speak about how we think things should change. And Mm -hmm. I also am a strong proponent for encouraging each other. I think we still need to work at that in particular in the STEM fields and in the, in the academy because I think similar to a point you made earlier is you are almost trained to work independently because, uh, and it's relevant, you're developing your own professional profile. Mm. So you do want people to see you as a relevant expert in your field. However, I do believe the more we can collaborate, uh, work together on projects as women and work on other initiatives as women in STEM, it can only reinforce your own profile and not only reinforce your profile, but perhaps help someone else to either develop or reinforce their own. Mm. Um, There is a an initiative here that's held in the States, and it is, it is a conclave for women who are in STEM. And the whole purpose of that conclave is not to share our academic achievements, but to come together as women in this field who face the various challenges, regardless of what type of campus or where the campus is located. But you find that there are common challenges among women in STEM. And we we come together and we are talking about mindfulness and how to be a whole person and how to work to balance our lives while we work in the challenging field Mm. of STEM. And I think those types of initiatives, those types of gatherings, those types of whether it's a formal gathering or a group of women who are at the same campus or in the same industry or wherever we are, if we can begin to band together more and encourage each other more and work together, not to sacrifice our careers by doing so, 
but to actually enhance our careers. I think the narrative has been that you can't be successful unless you work mm. independently. And I think we need to shift that narrative. Well, it's very ego-driven to think that we have to keep striving to be better because yes. it's not about us being better as individuals. It's actually about mm -hmm. contributing to finding a solution together. Yes. And STEM yes. tends to be, as you say, a very individualistic uh, pursuit, although most engineering projects can't be done in anything but a team. That is correct. So how has it ended up that, like, we're all trying to massage our own egos in STEM? How did it why, – why have we come to that? Well, I still think it's culture because if you – if we think about it, even in terms of teams, men are not necessarily thinking about women as a part of those teams. <laughs> they are thinking about teams of men. And um, – there oftentimes, if there's a woman involved, it's only one, um, and there are not many on teams. So I think there's still that that thought about women in general as it relates to STEM. And so while we look at teamwork, sometimes that teamwork in their minds, uh, this is theoretical, my own theory, um, may not be inclusive of women. And I think we, and when I talk about inclusive of women, I think we need to shift somewhat from just thinking about diversity, but look at inclusion. Because diversity, you can have the woman on the team, but she can't have any real input because she's really not included in the conversation. So it looks really nice yeah. that she's there on the team because yeah. the team is diverse. We have women, we have people of color, we have whomever. However, do they have a voice? Boxes have been, boxes have been yes. ticked. Yes. Everything's been checked. But do they have a real voice? Do women have a voice on that team? Can they lead the team where there's five men and one woman? Can that woman lead that team? Or is she expected to take the notes for the team meeting? Because that has been my experience. <laughs> yeah, thought. and I think that's where we are today. Yes. Like there's so much pressure on women to speak up for themselves because they are fighting that battle. It's yes. not a case of women are too meager to be heard and, you know, they, they, they don't have the confidence to speak up. It's just women that do speak up really are going against the tide to be heard. And some, I think a lot of women are like, do you know what? I can't be bothered to do that. Mm -hmm. It's too much work on mm -hmm. top of the STEM work we're doing. Yes. It's better to just be in an industry where I'm accepted. I agree. I think that is the case. I think that is the case. And I think um, you see um, a lot of the, that pattern um, in terms of progression, in, in particular in higher education, they get women get to a certain level and then you see them either leave the academy or they stay where they are because they don't want to have to fight against that wall or push against that wall or push against that ceiling 
while they still have to do the work that they have to do. And um, I have uh, I, what I'm what we're talking about now brings to mind. Uh, there's a brilliant uh, woman scientist here on our campus. Um, she recently came and she talked about uh, when she was um, going up for tenure and she was married and she was pregnant. And what she did was um, actually hide her pregnancy um, during, from her teammates as much as possible. She wore big clothes and those type of um, articles because she knew the mindset of her team was that she would not be able to uh, contribute at the same level because she was uh, carrying a child. And I think those are the challenges we still face. This is, you know, 20, 20th century, 21st century behavior. So there are still challenges in terms of even when we are a part of the team or whether we are engaged with men, we have to still fight this perception that because we want to have children or we, we are uh, family oriented, that we can't be good scientists, we can't be good engineers, we can't be good uh, mathematicians, we can't be good physicists because we are not focused. I think mm -hmm. because we have multiple challenges, we are focused because we're full, yeah. full, uh, forced to be focused. Yeah, I mean, it's... I must say, I've heard women talking about this juggling act between motherhood and career. And we've talked about it so much that there seems to be this general acceptance that it's a choice. You choose motherhood or you choose career, but you can't have both. Mm -hmm. And because there's an yeah. acceptance around it, women are now finding a way through it where they are having children, but then going into much more flexible um, working environments, which means that they can actually have both. So times are yes. changing. But I think what yes. your experience has been and what my experience has certainly been is that I've been living through the change and it's been slow. Yes. Yes. I would agree. I would agree. I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. There, the change is happening. It's progressing slowly. And because we've been in the field for a period of time, um, we've seen uh, a lot of activity or we've seen a gamut, uh, it's going through the gamut, I should say, of, you know, from not, not being included to somewhat being included. And, you know, we see the progression, but when you've seen so many challenges, the progression sometimes seems like it's very slow. Right. I mean, in your experience, what does a successful woman in STEM look like? I mean, how does she behave? Like, what are her character traits that are allowing her to succeed in this male-dominated industry? I really think tenacity, um, self-awareness, um, self-confidence, um, the ability to connect with others who can 
motivate her. Um, those are some character traits or characteristics act, uh, or act, um, actions that um, are relevant. I think also bringing someone else along when it's possible, either through mentoring or partnering with other women where it's relevant. I think you can have a great career and have a family. I think it takes working uh, with your partner to understand your role in terms of your job and also working with thinking about your work in terms of the health of your family. I think you can have both. I don't know if we really want to have it all. I think we've been taught we should have mm -hmm. it all, but I think we can have a, a good balance of life and work, but it takes being mindful of what's most important to you mm -hmm. as a woman. And I think in today's world, it can be very difficult to know what is important for us as individuals because we're almost programmed to believe that money, power, status in society is more important than anything else. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And I think that's where we have to really just take a step back and reflect on what is it, what is it in life that you really want? What do you really want out of life? And I think that comes with time. Mm. Um, you usually I work it out much later on in life. Yeah. Over time, you decide what your priorities are. I think, you know, young career professionals, they do have, they may have to sacrifice some things on the front end. But over time, I think you begin to evaluate what's most important. And if you can really do that, Sometimes it means um, you may have to um, look at how you do your work. I think with technology and some of the advancements in terms of how we can do our work, uh, that has helped somewhat as well. Mm. You can have uh, you can have meetings, you know, virtual meetings and different types of meetings and work with each other through um, technology just as much as face-to-face, -face. although you have to work in the lab. So, you know, if you're doing that type of research, you're going to be in the labs. But I think you can really use um, whatever tools that are available now that may not have been available before to help try to bring as much balance as possible. Yeah. I mean, Certainly technology is helping our cause as women in STEM, um, but mm -hmm. companies and corporations seem to be taking a huge amount of time to change their attitudes towards work ethics. I mean, you know, often I come from an era where people were boasting about how late they left the office, you know, and how much yes. FaceTime they've done, yes. you know, and it just, it's that horribly competitive spirit that is just not good for anyone, I don't think. I agree. I agree. And I think there's a slow transition in terms of that mindset in corporate, in the corporate arena. Um, I'm not certain that it has really reached the academy um, at, at this point, I think um, 
there's still work to be done in that, that arena. Um, but you do find that there are industries who um, provide childcare or family leave and those type of uh, benefits to uh, women and men. Some uh, industries have uh, provided childcare for their employees on site. However, I think the academy is still lagging behind in terms of um, looking at maternity leave or family leave for those purposes um, for faculty and staff. There have been improvements that uh, we have seen. However, I think we need to continue to move the needle forward um, in terms of those considerations. And I mm. think the more we can be more holistic about our work in terms of having a career, but you also have a life, you also have a family. If we can begin to help our colleagues see that it's okay to have those things, um, it will be a lot, a lot better. The work environment could be so much uh, richer. And I mm. think you can have so much more productivity when you're not concerned about those things. And so I do think corp the corporate world is beginning to get it in terms of, you know, if they are not concerned about um, their childcare or their healthcare during um, their maternity period, we can get more productivity. And I think we still have... Um, to work towards what that would look like for the academy. I've just had a thought actually, rather than trying to change corporations that are probably male-led, women should actually be given more support in starting their own businesses because in starting their own businesses, they can actually prove that they can deliver and perform just as well as if they were in a corporate situation. And starting their own businesses would allow for the flexibility because I've often heard managers say that women that come back after having children are even mm. more skilled up than women that haven't had that experience. So I don't know. It's just a kind of far out idea there. I agree. I think it's very relevant. I think uh, it's very relevant. We do need to start our own businesses. And because women understand um, issues that we face, um, I think it would be great to have more women-led uh, corporations and companies. And so I think it's, it's really relevant. Mm -hmm. That thought is really mm -hmm. relevant. And um, in terms of what you mentioned earlier about um, women who return to work after time off with their children, I think they are more focused. Um, I think they have had an opportunity, number one, to perhaps rest and clear them, their minds and uh, focus on what's necessary in the moment and then come back because they've had to uh, multitask, they've already had to change their focus. So they come back, I think, being more aware that you have to manage your time well and um, be focused while you're there so that 
you can get your tasks done. And when you go home, um, you've, you've accomplished what you need to accomplish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wasted resource, um, not yes. supporting women after childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one burning question for you, and I'm going to get really honest about my own experiences. Because mm-hmm. I have come from a STEM, STEM background, and I've been a woman in STEM, um, I obviously, you know, I'm doing a lot to promote girls and women in STEM in the future. But sometimes I do experience a bit of guilt knowing that I'm encouraging women and girls to get into a male-dominated industry where it's going to be hard and there are going to be challenges because they're female. Do you ever feel that? kind of guilt knowing that you're encouraging women into something that won't be easy I actually do not and I think one reason is I know that we do well in whatever we really put our minds to do and I guess my view is why not Um, why should we fear what they think in terms of our abilities. We are just as capable. And um, what I tend to do with young women, I mentor lots of young women, um, is to, to encourage them to think about themselves as just as capable, being just as capable uh, as any male. And we are natural leaders. We begin leading early in our lives, whether we realize it or not, we are natural leaders. We're early leaders. We're capable of doing anything that we put our minds to. So I also, I think we also need to look at the context of culture and society in general, which is male dominated in most cases. So we are already used to navigating a male dominated construct. So why should we feel guilty about encouraging women to go into just another domain of that male-dominated country. Mm. That's the way I view it. It's just another challenge that we face. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of seeing things because the perspective I come from is whoops, I kind of feel a bit guilty that they're going to suffer those challenges (laughs) that women suffer. But science is so awesome technology is so incredible and I just want people to experience the wonder of it all so then my guilt sort of subsides because if people can get the same amount of passion out of STEM that I get uh, then it's worth all the challenges and adversity along the way it certainly is it certainly is and if we don't engage, where will we be in the future? What role will we play in the future? And I think we have so much to offer. And it would be remiss to not, um, we would be remiss not to delve into what's needed for the future because we are critical thinkers. We are planners. We are strong and we are capable of achieving and so um 
I don't think we, if, if, if it's anything we should work towards is um, eradicating that fear. The fear of, of the challenge because we take challenges every day. And so it's just a slightly different type of challenge, but it's not one that we can't meet. Yeah, I, it's just been so inspiring listening to you today because I really feel like there's nothing we girls can't do and I completely see why you're in STEM education and you know people like you are absolutely valuable so thank you so much for coming on Simons. And thank you for so much for having me it's been a pleasure. That's it from my STEM guest this week. What an amazing woman who has clearly dedicated her career to encouraging other girls and women into STEM, whether young or older. And I can feel her absolute passion and curiosity for STEM subjects herself. And to think that she's channeled that into creating the next generations of diverse and inclusive teams within STEM is utterly inspiring. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to rate and review the show and catch you next week on Silence.